Hi, this is Mark Dent with Law Trades, and you're turning into this week's 10-minute legal news. Uh, so this week, I'm going to recap three stories as always. We're going to talk a little bit about Epic and Apple going to court. Um, we're going to talk about this sort of like uh, employees at, at base camp leaving en masse. Um, and then we're also going to talk about Cloudflare and uh, it having to deal with yet another patent troll. Uh, but first, we'll go to Epic and Apple, easily the biggest tech and legal story of the week. And after many months of sort of waiting, the two um, sort of tech giants went to court on Monday, first day of the trial that is supposed to last for three weeks. And to go back in time just a little bit here first, uh, what what's happening in this trial is that Epic last year uh, began using an in-game app sort of for uh, purchases um, among its video games on iOS. Obviously, its biggest game is Fortnite, uh, and it's huge. Um, you know, it, it's not only on iOS, but on many other platforms, but iOS is, is one of its, its sort of key platforms. And Apple did not like the fact that they had their own in-game app purchases because Apple has the App Store, and it likes to have control over that, um, you know, for reasons of security and also obviously for financial reasons. They, they basically charge a 30% commission um, on every purchase made within the app store there. Um, so it, it's a very, very profitable setup for Apple. And Epic said like, hey, that's ridiculous. You guys are being anti-competitive by having that. And so they sued Apple and again, went to court on Monday. We got the opening statements. The CEO of, of Epic, Tim Sweeney, described iOS as essentially having just, as, as Apple having too much control. Um, and, and they even showed old emails between Apple executives in which they said that they're, that getting customers into their app store was, quote, one of the best things we can do to get people in the ecosystem. So they're kind of setting up this whole sort of like app store strategy of Apple's as sort of like this hook. Of, uh, of getting people in there so they won't leave and, and as this sort of anti-competitive uh, mechanism of sorts. But Apple, on the other hand, in, in their sort of opening statements, they were saying, look, this is about security. We have like the highest security standards and quality standards for apps, and we want to maintain that both for our uh, consumers and also for companies like Epic. And, and they kind of pointed out that Epic has made $750 million from its video games on iOS. Uh, and, and I'd say like the, the sort of golden quote of the day um, from, from Apple, uh, one of their attorneys said, quote, Epic wants us to be Android, but we don't want to be. And that was a reference to where on Android, you can have these sort of like side loading, if you will, uh, of apps that kind of bypass this sort of central store uh, that iOS has. So, um, you know, like I kind of mentioned earlier, this is going to go on for three weeks. Um, and I think that one of the sort of like key battles that we're going to see in these three weeks is, is what kind of gets disclosed as evidence, uh, what, what can sort of be seen in, in court, because whatever it is, is not going to be flattering probably for both companies and, and most particularly for Apple. I already mentioned that uh, one email that was released, um, and, and there was actually another one that has already come out where Epic kind of uh, showed uh, an email between a couple of executives on Apple where they were questioning how this, quote, ripoff app had become a top seller. And, and that kind of uh, 
put a little bit of a hole into Apple's defense of how they're so focused on security and quality. Um, so it's a kind of like uh, cap this uh, again. We're going to have another couple weeks of this going on. Uh, but, you know, the, the stakes are pretty high. Like like a lot of people are calling this a, a landmark case. And, and it certainly could be, especially if the courts, um, you know, rule in favor of um, of Epic, because we'll see a lot of changes to iOS. Uh, you know, if, if, if Epic gets what it wants, it's going to be able to charge for those in-game app purchases and potentially so will other companies. And we'll see more of the, uh, you know, that kind of the so-called uh, side loading um, of apps uh, just generally. But if Apple wins, uh, it could fit into this sort of larger, you know, anti-competitive, antitrust, everything that's going on in the tech world to where you'll see a court siding with a major tech company in a case where someone else is calling out antitrust. But anyways, let's um, now move on to Basecamp. And in the last few days, there has just been a uh, crazy amount of news uh, coming out of Basecamp. And, and Basecamp, of course, uh, the, the sort of tech company that helps companies, uh, other companies kind of streamline their own work. Uh, they have software, apps, uh, they, they created the Ruby on Rails and, and, you know, made it open source so everybody could use it. So they're fairly, uh, small, but, uh, very well known, um, among, uh, a certain subset of, of other companies and professionals. And their leaders have authored books, uh, you know, with titles like, it doesn't have to be crazy at work. So they're all about, like, you know, making work life easier for people. And they've often been, uh, in some ways a, a target of criticism for that, uh, but also a very well known company. Uh, but right now, they are a huge target of criticism from their own employees and now former employees. Um, in, in the last few days, about one third of its 15, uh, or I'm sorry, 57 employees have left the company. That's according to the, the, uh, the news website, The Verge. And, um, it, it all started, um, from about a week or two ago when Basecamp set up a new policy in which they tried to limit their employees' discussions about political and sort of real-world conversations in internal company chats. Uh, and, you know, this was, uh, you know, this kind of fits into the larger stories that we're reading right now of, of you know, free speech is, is kind of coming up everywhere uh, and, and, you know, lots of different opinions on that and, and also how it sort of fits within the whole, you know, legal meaning of free speech and, and, you know, it goes without saying that, you know, companies can kind of limit about any speech they want of their employers because they're, you know, private employers. But uh, this, uh, you know, did not go over well, especially because employees said, look, it, it's not like we're having all these huge, like, you know, political conversations in internal company chats. We actually want to talk about how you're treating us. And so it really turned into this uh, kind of, uh, instead of just being about like, you know, these nebulous political conversations, it was like, well, Basecamp, like, um, why are, why is the leadership, uh, not taking good enough care of employees of color? Uh, why are they not understanding white privilege and things like that? And, uh, by the time the, uh, a couple of executives, um, addressed the staff in all hands, I believe on Friday, uh, just five days ago, you saw this huge exodus happen. Uh, it, it just kind of things spiraled from there. And yeah, now Basecamp has lost a third of its employees. Now, uh, the, the question that uh, some uh, you know, analysts are looking into is, is what is this going to mean for Basecamp? As I mentioned, not the biggest company, but it, it sort of punches above its weight. 
Uh, and, you know, it's going to play out. We'll see. But um, for what it's worth, Coinbase uh, enacted a similar uh, ban on political discussions just a few months ago. 5% of its 1,200 employees resigned. So you're talking about 50 or 60 people there. Uh, but, you know, as you likely know from, you know, reading any amount of news in, in the last few weeks, uh, Coinbase has continued to thrive. Uh, so it's something like this uh, could just be uh, a small hurdle in the way. Uh, but it, it also maybe opens up other discussions for big and small tech companies uh, because, you know, they have always largely uh, promoted these sort of, uh, you know, free thinking, open discussion uh, sort of arrangements. Google uh, notably has has had that kind of culture. And, you know, so you wonder when you see things like this, um, I think it's possible that we're going to just see tech companies actually fight to still have these kind of open discussions about uh, political things just because you see how how bad it can go um, when that doesn't happen. Uh, but we'll move on to the last story, which is Cloudflare. And um, they, uh, they got an attack from a patent troll, uh, a company called Sable Networks, sent them a lawsuit in mid-March, uh, basically saying that they had violated uh, four of these fairly obscure and very old patents from the early 2000s, and I think maybe even one from the late 90s. And this was probably the worst company that you could do this against, because just in 2017, when Cloudflare uh, faced another patent troll, they didn't just challenge them in court. Uh, they did do that, and they won. But they also created a contest called Operation Django, in which they offered money uh, for people to crowdsource, um, you know, what's known as prior art to show that the patents that were, you know, supposedly being used against Cloudflare, uh, Cloudflare were always invalid. And it worked. Uh, and, you know, that company was called um, was called Blackbird Technologies. And, uh, you know, they lost the court battle against Cloudflare. And they also uh, basically had all their patents, um, you know, very much weakened because of Cloudflare's efforts. So Sable Networks comes out, they try to do the exact same as Blackbird Technologies, and now Cloudflare is doing the exact same. They're, uh, instead of just kind of sitting back and, and making, a, making an agreement or a settlement, as a lot of just big companies do, just because they, they don't want to waste their time, Cloudflare is doing Operation Django again. They're looking for prior art, uh, and, and they're going to take, um, going to take Sable Networks to court. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if history is any indication, then I think Cloudflare is going to be successful again. And another patent troll is going to, uh, you know, face some justice. Uh, but anyway, that is it for this week's edition. I, I thank you all for listening and I will talk to you next week.